What's up? This is Pastor Anthony Maddox, lead pastor of the Empowerment Church. We're about to head into the sanctuary and listen to my sermon series, Reach. I pray that this message blesses you today. God bless. Our past experiences have created a lens from which we see our entire life through. Every victory, every defeat, every relationship, every trauma makes up who we are and how we choose to experience life. Our goal as believers is to navigate through this, to understand it, to get a clear understanding of why those experiences happen in our lives. And we do this through being guided by the Lord. You see, God desires us to be free so that we can help others become free. We were called for duplication, discipleship, and evangelism first. But before we can work on others, God requires us to work on ourselves. You see, every experience has led you to this very moment today in this church. It is your season, hear me, look at me. It is your season to become absolutely free. Can I say that again? This is your season to become absolutely free. It is now time for you to pursue other people. To get them free. Your brothers, your cousins, your sisters, your aunties, your neighbors, your co-workers all need to know the love and the grace of Jesus. They need to know his compassion. They need to know that there's room for them at the cross. This series is all about reaching people. In Matthew chapter 4 in NLT, I want you to take a look. We're going to take a short journey in the beginning ministry of Jesus. Go to Matthew chapter 4. We're going to read verse 2. Then we're going to skip a little bit because I want to get to the meat of this. Verse 1 reads, Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted there by the devil. For 40 days and 40 nights he fasted and became very Hungry. Skip all the way down to verse 11. Then the devil went away and angels came and took care of Jesus. In between those verses, we see that he is tempted several times by the devil. And each time, Jesus chose to put a word where the test was. That's a critical part of this today. First, Jesus himself was tested. Then he went out. To gather others. Everybody look up here real quick. Your test was necessary. Look at somebody and say it was necessary. It was necessary to prepare you for your next. If Jesus had to be tested, what made you think you could skip over some stuff? Each and every one of us has to be tested, has to be prepared, has to be groomed for our next level and it requires going through something in order to tell somebody that Jesus can take you out of it. A testimony is no good without experiencing the Savior on a personal level. So before we can tell somebody else about the goodness of Jesus, 
we first have to experience it for ourselves. And so God puts us in a position where our testimony can be real to somebody else. Because see, don't nobody want to know just what you read in a book. Don't nobody want to just hear a bunch of Bible stories about people they will never meet. They want to see that Jesus is real in your life and that it's working. They want to see that you're not just going to church every single Sunday for nothing. They need to know that you have a real relationship with Jesus. And everybody in here knows a relationship of any sort cannot become real until you've gone through something. Because, see, you don't know what you really have until it's tested. And so it is critical in this stage of our lives that we don't run from the test. We embrace the test. Because after the test comes the assignment. I don't want you to reach others before God has first reached you. And so we want to make sure that we're operating as we should. Go to Matthew chapter 4 verse 18. I want you to skip down because this is where the majority of our text, our sermon is going to be today uh, for part 3 of the Reach series. Matthew chapter 4. So first we see Jesus tested. He comes out. He's free, right? Look at verse 18. Verse 18. It says, One day as Jesus was walking along the shore of the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon also called Peter and Andrew, throwing a net into the water. For they fished for a living. Verse 19 says, Jesus called out to them, Come, follow me, and I will show you how to fish for people. And they left their nets at once and followed him. Verse 21 says, a little farther up the shore, he saw two other brothers, James and John, sitting in a boat with their father, repairing their nets. And he called them, he called to them and said, and they immediately followed him, leaving the boat and their father behind. Can we talk about this text for a second? This no coincidence that the first four disciples Jesus found were fishermen. Fishermen must be patient men who don't mind going after a big catch. They have to be methodical in the cleaning of their nets, which means they have to pay attention to detail. And on top of all of that, every good fisherman knows how to handle some rough waves. So Jesus knew if he was going to go after people, he had to equip himself with some go-getters. He added other people that he knew didn't mind getting their hands dirty and accepting the challenge. Now we need to pause here because the leadership guru in me, and I don't want to miss this moment, because many of us equipped ourselves with a team, but they weren't go-getters. We went out the people in our corner, but the mistake was we just took anybody to come along. No, you got to be intentional about who you add to your circle if you're going to have impact. Now, I'm going to take a little liberty with this text. Can we go back up to verse 18 and take a look? One day as Jesus was walking along the shore, the text says, it wasn't by coincidence that he found them there. He was walking there. He put himself where fishermen could be found. Saints of God, if we're going to do what we need to do, we need to put ourselves in the right position and get connected to the right people. 
Okay, okay, okay. Let's pause talking about evangelism. Can I come down into your house? Where are my singles? Singles. If I want a good man, I'm just not going to find them on the street. If I'm pursuing a certain caliber of man, a certain caliber of woman, I need to go where I can find quality. Because I can get something anywhere. But if I just if I need quality, I gotta be intentional about where I go looking. Some of us have found multiple people in the same place and we wonder why we feel like we were dating the same person. And God is saying, I got to go out of my way to do something different. So Jesus finds the first four. And the first four is where we're going to land today because they do some things. And this text is really pregnant today. It shows us a lot about how we could respond to Jesus as well as live our lives. So I don't want you to miss this because we're on our way out of here. Number one, they left their profession and their families for a higher call. Now, maybe God's not calling you to leave your father. Maybe he's not calling you to leave your cousins. But I guarantee you God is calling you to leave something. Write this down. Sometimes we must leave to live. must leave to live. In order to go where you need to go, you're going to have to put some stuff down before you pick some stuff up. I'm say that one more time. I said in order to get where you need to go, it is necessary that you put some stuff down before you pick some stuff up. In the natural, each of us has capacity to hold with so much stuff in our hands. In order to grab something more special, I have to put something else back down. I can't choose to hang on to everything I have and pick up some new stuff. I have to decide what's important in this season of my life to have in my hand. I have to decide what relationships are important in my life. I have to decide where to spend my time in order to leave Excuse me, in order to live, sometimes you got to leave some stuff. The question today is, what will you leave to fulfill your assignment? Everybody look up here, real honest, and this is something that nobody can help you with. For all you listening on Echo, I want you to be very clear. Nobody can make you put down anything. You have to make a decision to walk away from something to gain something else. No amount of praying, support groups, phone calls can make you walk away from something you know isn't good for you. Can I get a witness? How many of y'all ever had a friend you tried to convince to leave somebody and they just couldn't do it? No matter what you showed them, no matter what you said, no matter how many times they called you crying, ultimately the decision was up to them. And you got to a point in your life probably where you said, I'm not talking about this again. You know enough now to make a good decision. You're choosing not to leave at this point. Is this good? We're almost done. Everybody in here got some places, some people, and some habits that you know they got to put down before they pick something up. One thing about leaving or grabbing hold of something you know God doesn't want you to have is sooner or later, it's going to contaminate what God wants you to have 
And it's going to expose itself at an inopportune time. Many of us, if we're honest, look up here real quick, real quick, real quick. Don't tend to quit things until it's already broken and it's set our whole life ablaze. Let me explain something to help you out. If you wait until it's on fire, you didn't leave it at all. It pushed you out. There was no choice. God is trying to get us to a place where we don't wait until we're back in the corner to surrender. God is saying if we surrender now, it'll be a whole lot easier and he can restore and replace a whole lot faster. But as long as you are afraid to leave that space in your life empty until God fills it, he can't use you like he wants you to. Because that now has become an idol to you, a God to you in a sense. Pastor, I ain't never treated nobody or nothing like a God. I beg the devil, look around this room and say, you's a whole lie. Every last person in this room at least once picked something or somebody over God. Everybody in this room once or twice though you heard the Holy Ghost and still chose left when he said go right. Each and every one of us has been faced with having to cut something off that God said no to that still felt good to us. God is trying to get us to a point of maturity in him where we don't care how good it feels anymore. We just want God. The only way you'll go to your next level is if you do what Jesus had to do in the wilderness and turn down your plate. Because sooner or later, each and every individual in this room is going to find themselves in their own personal wilderness. And what you do in the wilderness matters. The children of Israel had to go through the wilderness and were tested. Jesus had to go through the wilderness and were tested. What makes you think you're not going to have to go through a dry place? I'm going to tell you what a lot of people don't tell you because they're too religious, too deep, and too spiritual. Many times we are calling attacks of the enemy simply a move of God. It doesn't have anything to do with it. God tested you in that area to expose your weakness. It's no different than a doctor asking you where pain is. How many of y'all ever felt sick before in your life way back? How many of y'all ever felt so sick you had to go to the doctor? How many of y'all walked to the doctor and just said, I don't feel good? No, you, you, get, you told them some symptoms. You told them some locations. You didn't go to the hospital and just say something's wrong and tell them, just cut me open and look around. Right? You got to pinpoint the source of the problem. If you don't pinpoint it, you can't deal with it. So the wilderness that many of us are running out of, God is saying the reason you're still stuck in it is because you refuse to be honest about what you see in yourself. And if we are honest, we have spent many years in our life going around in circles and repeating time because we have not put down what God has called us to put down. Everybody wants the glory. Don't nobody want to give nothing up. And I made a decision in this year that I'm going to say things that folks are thinking and feeling and it's the truth. And let me tell you, if God was willing to bless you while you kept your mask, you wouldn't get rid of it. 
If you can stay a liar, a crook, and a thief, continue sleeping with whoever you want to, and God will bless, we'd be turning the heck up right now, wouldn't we? We make the mistake of thinking that we're going to wake up one day and be like, I don't just want to do that anymore. No, 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 no. No, I told you last week with my shrimp example that you're going to keep looking at what you like and you're going to have to tell it no. You think Jesus wasn't hungry in the wilderness? Sometimes you're going to have to turn down something. Ain't nobody going to move it out of your way. You're going to have to be the one to say no. What do you do when everyone else in the room is telling you to say yes? How many of y'all ever dated another saved person before and made the decision you, you was going to be selling? Anybody ever tried dating a saved Some people, I don't date, date saved people for that reason, Pastor. They be telling me no. Some of us only date unsaved people because there ain't no conviction in that. You date a saved person, you do something you ain't got no business. They want to pray after. So we got to ask God forgiveness. We can't do this no more. Oh, yeah, okay, there ain't nobody in this room. Ain't nobody ever prayed right after the act, looking at the same ceiling you were just staring at five minutes before. Oh, nobody want to talk back to me? Can we talk about it? Can we talk about an echo? Nothing ruins an orgasm like living in sin.
but there's nobody there to answer the door at my house because I'm at Valley View in the movie theater, right, with my popcorn, booed up with somebody. God told me to leave three weeks ago. I missed my moment because I kept my boo. Now you might say, Pastor, that is a weird scenario. Do you know how many people have missed their moment because they didn't move when God said move? We think we got to be doing something overtly sinful. Sitting at the wrong table with somebody God told us to walk away from could cause us to miss out on a multi-million dollar business deal. At the very least, the person God actually called us to be with. You don't know what being over there has caused you to miss over here. I have to be very careful when I hear God and I don't respond. Why did I give you this text today about these four fishermen? Because they moved immediately when they heard the call. They recognized something much larger was at stake here to the point that two of them left their father and their boat. That boat represents their well-being, their security, their business, everything else. Their father represented their relationships and everything else from their past. They walked away from all to embrace the call from Christ. Pastor, why would they do something that insane? I don't know about you, but I'd much rather walk down the street and my shadow heal people than to sit on a boat catching fish. I would much rather see the lame walk and recover and demons flee at the sight of my face than to sit on a boat next to my father. You don't know what you're missing in your next level because you're holding on to your now. Your Because you're thinking about the investment you put in that boat. You're thinking about the relationship that you have with your father. You're thinking about all the years you put in doing the wrong thing. God says, let it dry. You got to let it go. This is the season that when God says, come, you got to go. But you never thought you'd hear a pastor say this, but some of y'all spend too much time in prayer. God says you heard me the first time. Now you're using it as a distraction in a way to keep yourself. Well, I'm just going to keep praying until God tells me what I want to hear. But you know God called you to move. We cannot afford to keep praying and waiting and hoping and wishing. You know you're called. You know you're gifted. It may not look cute when you leave, but I promise you it will be God. What in your life are you placing on hold because you won't give God your yes? Is this good? I don't want to miss my moment because I'm used to what I've always had. I don't want to do that. Too many people need you free for you to be in bondage. Too many people are stuck waiting on your gift 
to make room, waiting on your gift to be expressed, waiting on your gift to come out. You can't afford to hold on. You got to leave to live. Being a fisherman and doing what you do to make your money was enough then, but God has called you higher now. And there's a man or woman in this room, and you know I'm telling the truth. You know you call more than working that job. Doing the same thing over and over and over again. Dealing with the same people over and over again. And you feel so uncomfortable because you never fit in the first place. That's what God's way of always telling you you weren't supposed to stay there long. Can I help y'all real quick? And I'm closing because I, I, I got to go. But let, let, let me free you. Many of us are depressed and lonely and suffer from anxiety. And here's why. Because we don't fit in. And so we try our hardest to hide the parts of ourselves that make us unique individuals so that our gifts and talents don't make anybody else upset. So I dim my light so that you can be comfortable with me. And the reason many of us are feeling uncomfortable now is because that doesn't work anymore. Because your gifts are starting to bleed out anyway. Because your friends see that God is doing something in your life and it can't be hidden anymore. And so now you, you, you feel like you're alone in a room and God is saying that's because it's time to switch rooms. You were never like them. Why do you keep trying to look like other people? Stop trying to sound like them and live like them and go after what they have. You are just different and you need to embrace it. We find Jesus at the beginning of this text walking along the shore, did he not? This is this, this blesses me. This is just common sense. How many fishermen do you think Jesus actually saw that day? You think he only saw four? Think about it. Do you think all of that water out there and people earning their living like this, he only saw four men fishing? No, 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 no. He only chose four. You better hear me. Everybody doesn't have the same gifting or anointing for what's coming next in your life. You are one that God chose. Stop trying to look like everybody. Let them stay fishing for regular old stuff. You go If God wanted your neighbor, he'd have called your neighbor. God called you. He could have gave your gifts to anybody. He gave them to you. He was intentional about you. Before we close, I want you to see this. Go back down to this text right here. Go to verse 20. And they left their nets at once and followed him. Skip verse 22. They immediately followed him, leaving their boat and their father behind. The key here is suddenly. Somebody say suddenly. Immediately. 
They moved in the moment. There was no prayer. There was no dialogue. We don't hear about the second set of brothers praying with their father. They moved when they got an encounter with the Lord. You have to know when you have reached a moment in your life where you're encountering God like never before. You got to know a God moment when you see it. A moment where your whole life can change and turn upside down. If I just say yes in this season. Don't miss your moment because you won't move immediately. Too many believers want to take communion. You want to go and ask your pastor. You want to go into 40 days of fasting. You need to hear from people who don't even talk to God. How many, I'm about to be real messy. How many people have you asked for advice over the last five years but when you think about it, they don't even have a prayer life? You're asking people to validate or confirm or God when they ain't even talk to the Lord. Be careful when you put your response on the thoughts and feelings about other folks about a circumstance. I've been saying this my whole time past and I never stopped saying it. There are some parts of your vision that other people will never understand and never support. You're going to have to do it by yourself. There's certain things in this ministry that certain people don't get until we step out and do it. They're always questioning. If you are waiting on the crowd to confirm you as a disciple, no, you're going to miss your moment. Don't you ever wait on approval from the crowd before you give God your yes. What if the text said their father said, but you can't leave? So you got to understand where we are in terms of the, get, let, let me give the text some context. If my daddy was a fisherman, what am I? What's my son going to be? Because this is what we do. They didn't just walk away from a job or their father. They left a whole legacy of expectations for what they were supposed to do. Don't miss this. Because many of us think because they did it, I'm supposed to do it. Because they planned it for me, I'm supposed to do it. Because everybody else is doing it this way, I'm supposed to do it. Behold! God is doing a new thing. Can God use you to shift the entire legacy of your family because you're one yes? Do you know what your yes is going to do for you and the generations after you? Do you know what your yes is going to do? It's going to meet every need and answer every one of your prayer. It's going to unlock those doors you've been standing in the hallway. you got to give God a yes. God says you've been challenged for more. Many of you aren't uncomfortable. You're just bored. Because you've outgrown what's been happening in your life. It's time to tell God yes. In order to reach others, I gotta first let God reach me. And how do I tell others to move immediately if I'm still in the boat praying about whether or not it's the right move? Don't miss your moment. The Bible says this, Jesus picked up two, and then it says he went further along. What's the key here? He kept moving. Don't think because Jesus is here today, he's going to be there tomorrow. 
What if one of those fishermen didn't say yes and woke up the next day and changed their mind? Don't think because you waited that opportunity is coming back around again. How many of you have ever had somebody beg you for something? And then you gave it to them and they didn't even appreciate it. I mean, they begged you, you went out of your way, and it's like, you went through all of this and now you act like it wasn't anything. This is how God sees us when we shout and run around in church and throw money at the altar and he finally gives us what we've been asking for and the first thing we do is, God, I don't know if this is you. I need to pray about this a little longer. I'm just not sure. You waited all this time and God opens the door and you're choosing to stand in the hallway. Imagine being a fisherman day in and day out. You throwing your nets out and you catching the same thing over and over and over again. It's kind of boring, doesn't it? How many of y'all have ever worked a job day in and day out and said, I'll just do anything to shake this job up. I just can't keep doing this. I'm on autopilot. And then somebody comes along and offers you an opportunity of a lifetime to take your skills and do the most difficult thing in the world you could possibly do with them. You turn it down because you're not sure it's God. When it's a challenge you've been looking for and opening up doors you never knew. These four men turned the world upside down. Do y'all realize that? They didn't even know what they had in them at the time. They simply gave God their yes. Your yes will expose you to power you didn't know you had on the inside of you. It'll expose you to faith and fire like never before. These were four fishermen who ended up being able to look people in the face and say, for Christ I live and for Christ I die. There's a boldness they had in them in the end they didn't know they had at the beginning. They cried loud, they spared not, they put it all on the line. Can God trust you? Can you give God your yes? Can God reach you so that you can reach other men? That is our goal and that is the desire of God today. Amen? Let's go and do this thing. Come on and give God some praise in this house. I hope you were blessed by today's message. Listen, join us each and every Sunday at 1.30 p.m. at the Empowerment Church, 15837 Euclid Avenue. You do not want to miss it. If you're ready to be empowered and inspired, join us at one of our weekend services. As always, you can log on to our website, empowermentcity216.org to donate or cash app us at hashtag empowermentcity. We love you. Hope to see you soon. Take care.